Hi everyone, I'm Maria Theoharis or Velosos. You're listening to today's Sew so 50 Thursday podcast on Sew so Organised Style. Sew so Organised Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors, the Australian Sewing Guild who has been our Monday Daily Series regular is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Welcome back to Sober 50 Thursday. Today's guest is Lisa Smith-Clear or Bobo Bun. Lisa is passionate about vintage sewing and teaches a range of sewing classes. So let's welcome Lisa. Welcome Lisa to the podcast. Hello Maria, lovely to meet you. Same here. I've seen you on Instagram and love the images and the, the vintage vibe that you have with your sewing. Yeah, totally passionate about it. Vintage and colour. Definitely colour. Yeah, I don't do pale. And the colours that you use are so beautiful that it's always a pleasure to go through the posts that you've got up there as well. So very inspiring. It's very inspiring. Very kind of you to say. Thank you. That's okay. Would you like to give our listeners an idea of where you live? Yeah, I live in Norwich, which is in England, a county called Norfolk. We're kind of around bump out on the east coast of the UK. So we're kind of isolated. You know, there's no motorways in. Yeah, so we're kind of a little world of our own, really. But it's beautiful here. So it's not busy? No, I mean, I live in the the main city of the county, which Mm -hmm. is a lovely medieval city. So there's lots of history by the river. Because we're a circular county, beaches all the way around, lovely countryside. You don't pass through us. You've got to make a trip to come out to us because we're not on the way to anywhere. So that's why we're collecting that way, which is quite nice. Yeah, it sounds lovely. Can you tell our listeners what role sewing plays in your life? I would probably say, I'd like to say 100% of a role in my (laughs) life. But yeah, I do have to like cook for everybody and do the mum stuff and pay attention to my partner, even though he thinks I'd rather be sewing all the time. Um, Yeah, pretty obsessive. We will be out, you know, for a meal or walking down the road and they know I'm looking at someone deconstructing their garment or picking up ideas of how I could put something together. Yeah. Always looking at fabric. Yeah, so I'm always looking at inspiration, watching TV programs and, yeah, wow, look at that outfit. So if I'm not sewing, I'm thinking about sewing. Yeah, it does fill up a whole huge part of my life. Sometimes I'm not necessarily enjoying it. I'm doing it more because I think, oh, I want to get this item made. You know, I don't feel the love for it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed my life that when my dad died or my marriage ended, I couldn't sew probably for about a year. So I know major emotional situations really hit my creative side. Yeah. So where I know some people would find their mental health, they're able to do it and it'll nurture them during that time. But for me, it just took that away. But for the most part, I'm happy to be positive and sewing and, yeah. 
have you ever been watching TV and seen something on there, an outfit that someone's worn and then taken a photo of it? Because I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you keep constantly rewinding, trying to get that still for that point. I remember watching Indian Summers with Julie Walters in it, set, you know, 30s, Raj. Oh, I've got so many screenshots of different things that one day I will make. They're all saved away and, yeah, one day those things will get made. Yeah. I love doing that because I'll have an idea in my head of uh, an outfit I want, whether, you know, wherever I've seen the inspiration for that thing from, and then I will find different pattern pieces that I can construct that. That's my big thing, really. I, I very much don't go to one pattern and think, right, I'll make this dress. I pull all the composite parts together yes. so that I can get the garment that I want, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. That's the real fun for me. Yeah, making it individual and my own. What formed your love for vintage sewing? It's been a lifelong thing. I, I can't remember a time where I didn't love. I think it's the nostalgia for the past. I had some lovely elderly aunts. They were beautiful ladies. They grew up in the East End. You know, they were a big Jewish family. And my Aunt Hester, I think she's my original inspiration. Her husband worked in the early movies mm -hmm. you know after the first world war and and they were such a glamorous couple you know they were living in london she had all her suits handmade they never had children so she always had a good career you know she didn't have to stop work and she was just always beautifully attired and they were like this glamorous couple and then they moved to norfolk to retire and suddenly you know i was inheriting a lot of her 50s gowns and things you know i'd see all the faces wow. in the 30s and the but she would be giving me some of her things like 50s jackets and and obviously their house you know had all the lovely floral curtains or the cushion covers and I just remember feeling really happy in that environment even as a child 16 I went to art college and liked to dress individually so I'd say Victorian petticoats with 1950s jackets and so I can't remember a time where I wasn't always mixing that up mm -hmm. but I wasn't making it for myself at that time and then that's been a slow evolution. I've always liked an individual style, but I would say probably in the last 10 to 15 years is when I've really said, right, I'm going to make the vintage clothes I want because I'm six foot. I'm slim, but with big boobs. So ever getting a vintage outfit that I could fit properly mm. or afford, but that, hey, there are all these amazing patterns out there, you know, so finally I can make what I want to wear. And you've got a really good range of prints that are vintage inspired. So why not? Exactly. And I mean, my real love is using vintage fabric, but I'm not, you know, one of these people who has to stick to that because you can't always get the vintage fabric. I love modern designs as well, but making a vintage design in the vintage fabric is obviously even more fantastic. Mm, it is too. What's your experience been in the Sober 50 community? Oh, the Sober 50 community. I remember when it first came up, but I wasn't 50. And it felt like a gang that you couldn't join. And then I remember my 50th birthday, which is just after Christmas. Yeah. And my partner, Jason, bought me this very expensive Juki sewing machine. You know, I was just a bit like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I've really arrived now. And obviously I was blasting that over Instagram and I was getting these messages about you can join the gang now. You know, you're in the sew over 50. But just from other people that were sewing, you know, they were like joking me. And so obviously I started taking part and I, I could have taken part beforehand. But, you know, it was that joke of like, you know, you've hit the golden number now. You can be in. And so, yeah, it was lovely. Always 
I'm looking at their posts, commenting on things. And then when they did the meetup in February this year, I was really excited to be able to go, you know, and meet yeah. some of the other people there. That that was really lovely. I'd already met Susan Young at SoCam, which I think was the October before that. So that was lovely thinking, well, I'll see her again. And I feel like I know her a bit, you know. Yeah. And there's a lovely lady in America. So she'll like this shout out, Laurie, who's LBJ. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a similar style to me, and so we've hooked up. You know, there's different people that I've got to know. I do feel very sad of late that I don't hook up with it as much as I used to. It's just, I find the whole thing with Instagram, I've got just enough time to post my stuff, Mm. but trying to find time to really comment. I don't know how people manage it. And and I hate that because it's not down to I'm not interested or don't care. It's just when I do do it, you suddenly find four hours have gone of your day. Exactly. Yeah. So it's trying to find that balance. But no, it's a fabulous community. And you said that you've uh, written a couple of guest posts for Sober 50? Yes, I did when they did a call out. And I thought, well, I'd love to do that. And also, I mean, I speak to Sandy, you know, off and on regularly. So I know, you know, how hard they all work. And so I thought, well, it'd be really nice to help them out too. And I know they do a bit on the vintage. They've had their competition yes. and things. So I thought, well, not, there's quite a few people. There's um, Tina, you know, vintage Tina yes. and um, Sally makes stuff. There's, you know, there's quite a few people who love that. And I think for even people who don't sew vintage, they still find interest. They might not want to wear it but they still find it interesting and there's lots of techniques involved that you wouldn't use in a modern pattern to give them other skills. So my suggestion to them was these vintage themed posts. I think one was about why sewing with these patterns and then my second post was picking movie star looks, you know, from the 20s through to the 70s and suggesting patterns that we can now buy, you know, that would create that type of look. And I tried to pick patterns that weren't, just vintage look you know they'd work very much in a contemporary wardrobe for women whatever your age you know if you're in 70 or 80 I tried to make it you know as wide as possible so just to inspire as many people yeah it got you know some really good feedback I think people enjoyed them I think the fact that you'd picked patterns that could reflect a particular era it was quite clever because at least gives people a way of going about making that outfit if that's what they had in mind Exactly. You can either be true to the era mm. or it's showing that all clothes, that all comes around. I mean, I started off with a Louise Brooks kimono. I mean, you could wear that over skinny jeans, you know, when with trainers. Yeah. Or you can make the 20s look. It's up to you how you want to style it, isn't it? So That's right. And when you did the guest post, did you also have to follow the comments that were happening on that particular post? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, and I replied at length. So there was some nice chats going backs and forwards, you know, and I picked my days when I knew it was a day where I would literally be at home and I'd not have other things so I could focus on it and yeah, keep up to speed with them all. My hardest thing, because I do like to talk. <laughs> I, I'm a funny mix of, I'm quite an antisocial person. I love my own company, but when I'm in company, I seem to talk too much. So trying to keep that post nice and short, that yeah. was the hardest thing with the words, you know. And the comments that you got for that post, they actually go past 24 hours, don't they? Because it's global. Yeah, so I did keep checking back, trying to keep on top of them all. So hopefully, I, you know, I caught up with everybody. Oh, I'm sure you would have. I think a few people got pointed towards patterns, you know, and they got back mm. to me and said, oh, I bought that pattern now. And so that was lovely to know that by them, you know, 
not necessarily getting them to spend the money. And I know um, Wearing History, Lauren in America, whose patent company is Wearing History, I make quite a few of things and love them. And, and she, you know, she said, oh, thank you so much for the shout out. You know, she was really pleased. So that helped her small indie business as well. So that's another lovely thing. You know, I always like to do that. I remember as a child, when I was about six, somebody took the credit for my painting and the teacher was wow and told me off for not doing anything. And I knew then if I said anything, they wouldn't believe me. Yeah. And so I've never ever liked other people taking the credit for things. So that's my one rule on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I always make sure I link everything. I shout people out because it means a lot to me, you know, to give people the credit where it's due. That's a tough lesson that you learned at six. Yeah, it seems such a silly thing, but it's really stayed with me. Mm. So, yeah, I think people should always be credited for what they've done. And it's lovely to share how well you think other people are doing. That's right. Exactly. So with your sewing experience, what is one of the things that you're really passionate about for sewers? For me, the, the fittings come as me not fitting things well. So I wanted to learn it. And now I've learned it. I love passing those skills to others. Because you've run sewing classes and it says from beginners to fitting. So fitting is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with. So do you have any advice for people when it comes to getting their garments to fit better? Fitting garments well, you know, something that I'm really quite nerdy about. That comes from a long time back sewing and, you know, that gamble of not knowing if it will fit when you finish. Yeah. And more often than not, it never fitted. So I decided, right, I've got to learn this properly. So I did all the research. I put in all the years of trial and error. I have friends who work in the profession, you know, as tailors, dressmakers, costumiers. So I went to them. They taught me skills. And it got to the point where I knew I really knew this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a qualified teacher. I used to teach um, A-levels, you know, which is the final year of high school. And once you can teach, you can teach anything. You know? And obviously sewing is my passion. So I moved over from high school teaching to teaching dressmaking, which is wonderful, you know, finally doing things I'm passionate about. So to be able to teach people these fitting skills and... I think people, they say they come to me because I'm self-taught. They like that. They know that I've done the graft and I'm going to be speaking their language when I explain it to them. And obviously, since lockdown, I've been teaching fitting classes on Zoom. And it's amazing that it works just as well, you know, through a video chat. And then you get this feedback from people saying, wow, this fits me now. So my big area of fitting is for helping ladies with busts. Because if we took our boobs off, God, it'd be so much easier to fit the bodice or a shirt, wouldn't it? You know, if we just unscrew those. But they just give this bump or, you know, this extra contour. So I love teaching people. I mean, the big eye-opener is about the high bust measurement. Mm -hmm. And this is one tip I pass over to the podcast, that people see the bust measurement on a pattern and they think that is their full bust. But it isn't. You know, we've got to ignore that. We have to think of a, a bodice in three sections. So we always have to think of that bust measurement on the pattern as our high bust measurement, which is the measurement around under our armpits above our bust. Yep. And that way, you know, the top will fit on your shoulders and your neckline and above your bust. If you're going by your bust size, it's going to be too baggy up top if you're big busted. And if you're smaller busted, it could be too tight. Yeah. You know, so you need to sort of make for that high bust and then learn how to do any alterations for the bust area, whether it's a small bust taking it in or full bust taking it out. And then next bit grading for the waist, you know, because that could be another size. So 
I love giving people the confidence to see how you take a pattern apart and you actually understand what the measurements mean and yep. how to use them. That's my my passion of it, really. And so, you know, when I'm in my classes and the ladies measure themselves, they come back the next week and say, I hate my body, I'm going on a diet because... Aww. Them. I don't know why it does and I said yeah but we're starting this fabulous journey now and then we start making these bodices and they suddenly see what an amazing body they've got it doesn't matter if you say a size 24 to a size 6 once they're making something that fits and shows their unique body off they suddenly then think oh god what that diet and all of that nonsense what was I on about because yeah I've got something that fits and shows my lovely body off yeah. And, and you can make it fit you, whether it's tightly fitted or whether you like a looser fit, you know, you're then in charge rather than the ready to wear clothes, aren't you? Yeah, they're sewing for their current body and that's really what it's all about when it comes to fit. It's funny, I've just had a blood test this morning at the doctor's because I'm convinced I've got gallstones, so yeah. Another 50 plus problem, probably. And the two ladies, the nurse and the phlebotanist in there, she was saying, oh, I love what you're wearing. Obviously, then I'm like, well, this I made all this. I'm a dressmaker, so we chat about that. And again, it got onto the, they're big and busty. You know, we're wearing the wrong size clothes, so they look like caftans. You know, we'd love to learn to sew. So, oh, here you go. Here's my information. You know? <laughs> and we were chatting all about sewing. So whatever situation I'm in, it seems to come up that we chat about it and have a lovely time. That's good. The fact that we've all been in lockdown... What's been one of the positives for you? Does this sound really bad to say? One, that people couldn't turn up unannounced. Because <laughs> that used to really do my head in. If I was doing something else, I was in a creative moment and just you get a knock on the door. So yeah, nobody could just knock on the door. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I quite liked the piece of it all. You know, I had a bit of a meltdown at first about how scary it all seemed. Yes. And how it was affecting my daughters because they're at the university and finishing high school stage. So I didn't like the impact on them at all. But yeah, I liked the piece of it. Once I knew we could still make an income, so I wasn't frightened about how we were going to survive. Mm. I then was put into a space where, because I couldn't physically work, you know, in my classes, I'd already booked weekends away where I was going to teach workshops. Obviously, all that had to be stopped. Yeah. So all these exciting new plans were stopped. And I'm always somebody that, thinks you can either lay on the floor and cry and I think that's a total waste of time I'm just pick yourself up and get on with it mm, you know mm. because immediately forward so it was how do we rethink this and then obviously there were all all the adverts about zoom it's free blah 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 so I muddled through working out how can I actually teach my classes through zoom and I worked it out and I drawn paper bodices I emailed them to the people so that they know what they've got to work on in that class you know and it works really well and I'm just holding the things up to them you know to show them yeah and we talk it through and I send them all the images and then I just need to buy a bit more tech for doing the beginners so I can film overhead okay while I'm teaching and then I've had friends come up with some great ideas for me to do group classes you know so I could teach the same skills rather than one-to-one -one that I'm doing at the moment I could teach the same thing to 10 people at a time so I'm sorting that out at the moment so I like that it's pushed me into having to think about my small business in another way because this year January was me launching a different branch of how I taught rather than freelancing for others I was setting up on my own so yeah it's forced me to think of another angle 
And even without lockdown, the Zoom classes would be great because I've taught people in Italy, California, Switzerland. You know, I'm teaching people all around the world that I would never normally meet. So that's something I would like to continue. It's great that A, you've got the skills to teach and B, you've come up with another way of getting to the people who actually want your skills. So that's a community service. And, and I'm earning money and I don't, I don't char I charge them just my standard teaching rate. You know, I'm not trying to make a ridiculous amount out of it. I'm just trying to make it work for everybody. Yeah. And then we have lots of cats off, offside about it as well, because we're all sewing nutters, aren't we? <laughs> we live and breathe it. And as we've already said, yeah. take photos of people on TV who are wearing something that we really want to make one day. Well, I mean, when I took Rosie, my eldest to Oxford at the weekend, I really like this woman's top, how the stripes came in at all different angles. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say to my family, but I was waiting for her to get in front of us so I could take a photo from behind because I like the stripes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that woman sees. Sure. And then, then my daughter picked out this one with a turban and these 50s jeans and she went, oh, mum, that woman looks so cool. And every time I'd take a photo, my partner stood in the way. And in the end, I had to shout, get out of the way. I want to take the photo of that woman. <laughs> They decided I'd be a, a rubbish spy. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm often sort of pouncing on people for the photos. It's not just on the TV. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah. There will be other people in the listening audience who also identifies with you. Yeah. We just need to up our sewing spy skills, don't we, on how to stalk people for good photos. I think that would be a great hashtag, sewing spies. Yeah, sewing spies. <laughs> now I've gone off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're all right. So I would say I'm always thinking of new ideas, ways I can take things. So I hooked up with, because I guess this does link into the Sova 50. Yeah. I hooked up with Rebecca, who's 29. I love her. She's pretty handsome every day. And she sews very similarly to me. We don't know each other, but, you know, through Instagram. So we set up the pair of vintage so-and-so's hashtag, which we're now going to make as an Instagram page. And there'll be constant things. And, you know, we are going to approach fabric companies to see if they would sponsor us for fabric. We were going to do that at the start, but then lockdown happened and we didn't want to affect their businesses yeah. initially. Yeah. But now everything is starting to tick over and everyone's managing. That will be our next step. So we make a pattern every month of making something that's vintage inspired or a vintage pattern to show people how it will work. I mean, she's like really petite. Mm -hmm. 29 blonde so she's got a very different look to me i'm six foot dark I and mean, she's smaller busted i'm big busted and i'm you know what am i now 51 so we're trying to show how that same pattern works and can be interpreted differently yeah. for two different people you know women of different ages that's been another offshoot you know idea from my sewing something that's fun to do and liking to share with people hopefully inspire them so what's the hashtag it's called pair of vintage sew and sews you know, so S E W so and so's. Right. Yeah, so over fifty put us when they did their so fifty sew along, you know, about friends sewing. Yep. They used our image for that. They asked us if they could do that. So yeah, I'm just always trying to think of different ways that, you know, you can inspire others and inspire myself with different creative ideas. And it just keep thinking of different ideas and how to inspire people because you've got you've got the teaching skills You've got the passion for sewing, so you can only just engage people more every day now. Yeah, that's what I mean. I love talking about it. And I mean, I, I've got my dear friend, Kat, who used to be a costumer in the West End, and she's a vintage dressmaker. And sometimes I'll come back after having been with her for six hours 
And Jason, my partner, will say, how ever have you talked that long? And it's like, easy. <laughs> once we get together and our fabric and pattern and ideas, and yeah, it's very easy, isn't it? When you're with another enthusiast, <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to pass the time. That's right. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your sewing journey and your passion for vintage sewing and teaching on Sober 50 Thursday on Sew Organised Style Podcast. That's a pleasure. It's so much to try and say and get out, but it's been lovely talking to you, Maria. Thank you. Lovely to meet you, Lisa, and have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of So Organised Style Podcast for Sober 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Lisa. Sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, spelled with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Lipson, our podcast distributor. Post any questions or podcast suggestions you have on our Instagram or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.